If you will, this morning, turn in your Bibles to our text, which is in the Gospel according to John, chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. John 14, verses 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, what a gracious Lord thou art. How good thou art to thy people. O oh Lord, I pray that you would lift up our souls now in this hour, that you would be pleased to attend this time, to reveal to us once again the gloriousness of thy Son, the gift of thy Spirit. And Lord, reveal to us today that thou art in us, that thou art pleased to reveal truth to us. Let us not walk away from here this day being confused. But Lord, may you be pleased to reveal thy truth. For Lord, we know that thou art truth. Lord, we pray that all glory and honor would be given unto thee. And Lord, that thou would show us the way in thy Son. We pray for those not with us this morning, Lord, knowing that thou art faithful to comfort, to lead, and to guide into the truth of thy Son, as it pleases you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. These words that Jesus spoke come from chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17. And, and they're very blessed, blessed words to the child of God. This was the time that after Jesus dismissed Judas, he was down to 11. 11 of his own. 11 that were his own. And he gathered them around because at the end of 17, John writes that Jesus then, everything was set into motion and he went into the garden and there he was betrayed and it was time for him to go lay down his life. So the Lord had given them instruction before he left. He had given them of his word before he left. And this text today he, he tells them something about the third person of the Trinity. He calls him another comforter. It was needful and necessary. Jesus will tell them, we'll see that, that the Lord went away. And for you and I today, that's a, that's a precious gospel truth because the Lord did go away. He is reigning now in heaven. Who is going to reveal that to us? Who is going to speak to us comfort? Who is going to speak to us peace? Who is going to reveal what Christ has done? And Jesus told His people right here today, I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. I wonder about this gift. Times that the Lord leads me to reflect on gifts whether it be my birthday time or whether it be Christmas time or whether it be anybody's birthday in the time of giving of gifts, 
when the Lord takes me to what is the gift, we're told that His Son is the unspeakable gift. He's only unspeakable because of this gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I wonder today how much you, you treasure this gift, how much this gift to you is, is a needful gift. And, and in our passage today, we're told that He is another comforter. I wonder today where you get your comfort. We're also told in our passage today, but you know Him. So that, that's one of the questions that needs to be settled in our soul as we walk from this place and as we sit in that chair today, do I know Him? Do I know the Savior of these Scriptures? Because as you'll see today, when Jesus said that I will give you another comforter, that's not all He said in this passage. He said a lot of things about the office of the Holy Spirit and what His role is in the child of God's life. So, this morning we begin in 16, and he says, I will pray the Father. And, and it's interesting, right here in this text today, we have a beautiful picture of the Trinity working perfectly. I, the intercessor, the Son of God, will pray to my Father. And he shall give you another comforter, and that comforter is the Holy Spirit. So we see all three of the persons of the one Godhead working perfectly together to equip the child of God then and to equip the child of God now. We're also told in 18, I will not leave you comfortless. The Lord has told us that He would not leave us as orphans, as one without the witness to reveal to us the Son, to reveal to us the finished work of the Son. So He says, I will pray the Father. And whatever the Lord asked of him, he gave. Because their minds were one. Paul tells us in Romans 8.32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, that's the Father and the Son, also freely give us all things? So the first thing we see about this gift, that there's no merit or there's no deservedness in the vessel that it's given to, that He's given to. It's all of grace. He is speaking to His 11 elect children of God. I will pray the Father, and He shall send you another comforter. So we have for us, in, in what Paul said later, He will freely give us all things. Now, we have to walk and ask ourselves as we're, you know, we're sitting there. I know the young mind. I know my mind. I know there's times in my life I, I examine the scriptures like this and say, well, what does all things mean? Because there's things I ask for that I don't receive. But is there anything that the Holy Spirit withholds from the child of God that he does not receive from the Father and the Son? Absolutely not. It is of the Father's will and the Son's will and the Holy Spirit's will to equip the child of God with everything. That's what all things means. Everything they need for this life and the life to come. 
He's faithful. So when Paul says that he freely gives us all things, that doesn't mean we close our eyes and say, wow, you know, I could use a new car right now. We're going to see today, hopefully, as the Lord opens up the Scriptures, we're going to see what is it the Holy Spirit is giving us. What is it defined that Jesus defines in this passage? But first we see that He gives us all things. Now, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2.12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world. And we have that in our passage today in 16 and 17. We're told that in 17 it said, um, The world cannot receive Him. And I want you to know something. That is a precious gift. If the Lord ever reveals to you personally that the world outside of the elect, outside, cannot receive the Spirit of God. There's a lot of peace and rest in that. You ever, you ever get that idea? You're waiting for the world to be conformed to the way you want them to be. You're waiting for the world to see things the way you see them. And sometimes we get frustrated. We'll be talking with people and say, how can you not see that that's grace? How can you not see? Well, we're told why. The Holy Spirit is not given to the world. He is a gift to the elect and the elect only. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.12, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Freely given again. All of grace. Everything the child of God possesses is by gift. It's not by entitlement. Boy, we have trouble with entitlement, don't we? Well, I'm, I, I've heard people talk about, well, I'm a child of God. I'm entitled to this. Or, or I have this and I have this. And you just listen to them. You're like, well, if you have it, why don't you exercise? I love that pie in the sky we get all the time. Oh, I'm a child of the king. I, I live above all this. I live above sin. I live in this place that... Well, then live that way. What is your testimony? The child of God's testimony is, this isn't heaven. This down here is, a, is what Jesus went through. Great tribulation. Great sorrow. But we have a promise. We have a promise of eternal life in Christ. We have received not the spirit of the world, and what is it is, is the spirit of the world? Understand, the world has a spirit in it. And we can sit there and we go, oh, well, we know what that is. That's the riches of the world. That's, uh, that's when I turn on the TV and I see these, these preachers on there telling me to give, me a, give them thousands of dollars and they'll make it grow. I, I see that's a false preacher. I see those things. I see, I see that, uh, that the world's spirit is different than Christ's spirit. Well, do we? do we? I, I know the Lord convicted me of this in my life many times thinking this must be of the Spirit. And, and, I'm, and I'm wondering as the Lord leads as at time I'm thinking oh this must be the Lord's Spirit speaking to me but it proves out it's not. That's why John tells us try the spirits whether they be of, of God. And we're going to see that today Lord willing. What is it the Holy Spirit testifies to us? 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. But this spirit, this this person, you know, the Bible uses terminology sometimes that might confuse us. As we get involved in theology sometimes, we're saying, oh, well, what does the person of God do? Well, what does the person of the Son do? What does the person of the Holy Spirit do? We start putting God in boxes. That's what theology does. You know, oh, God's got to be this way. He can only act this way. And this is what He said here. He's got to act. What is it? That's the absence of the Holy Spirit. Here's the problem. Listen to these scriptures this morning. Romans 8, 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. So the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. But that ain't it. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So we have the Holy Spirit called the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ because it's one triune Lord. I hope that doesn't uh, throw you off at times. It did in my younger life. I, I got to say, it, it was very uh, tedious to me as I tried to learn and put things in boxes. But the Lord's not boxed. He's a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So the Holy Spirit reveals to us today that He takes these names. He is the Spirit of Christ. He is the Spirit of God. He is the Holy Spirit. He is another comforter. In Peter, 1 Peter 1, Peter says something very precious to us. Because... What's precious about it is it unites us with saints in the past. And I mean all the way down from the beginning. In 1 Peter 1, 10 and 11, Peter writes this, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, the Spirit of Christ was in the prophets. That's how they spoke of Christ's resurrection. That's how they spoke of Christ's death. So we have this uniting person that unites the, the saints from the beginning, before Christ, from the saints that are now are with Christ that we're talking about today, and the saints today. There's no difference of what the Holy Spirit taught them, taught them, and taught us. There's a united message. And that message is Christ. We'll see that today. Lord willing. But we see in this passage today, in 16 and 17 in our text, that it's a particular gift. The Lord doesn't pray for the world. He is praying here to the Father to give another comforter that He may abide with you forever. So in John 17, 9, later in this glorious passage from 14 to 17, John says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. The Lord prays and intercedes for His children. That's important to know. 
It's important to be at rest there, for the Lord to bring us to rest there, that He's constantly interceding for us as He's reigning from on high. But He's given us something. He's given us the Spirit of Christ. He's given us the Spirit of God. He's given us the Holy Spirit. That's how we can say, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because He dwells in us. He dwells in us because the Son has asked the Father and the Father has sent Him that He abides with us forever. We're told in our passage today that we know Him for He dwells with us and shall be in us. Shall be in you. Yes, the Lord is our intercessor. He is our advocate. John called Him that in 1 John 2, 1. He said, My little children, Addressing it to the elect again. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, because John knew this wasn't heaven, we are going to sin. And when we do sin, we have an advocate. We have one. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous. Christ is our advocate. Christ is the one who went and said, Father, send this gift. Send this person that He may dwell in Thy people forever. It is expedient that I go away. I'm about to go and do, lay down my life for this. And, and if you've read John before, you know all the way up to this period, all the way up to this time, there was a not a deep understanding of the disciples knowing that Jesus would go away. They asked Him. But Peter even stood up and withstood Jesus and said, No, it's not good for you to go away. And that's something that's precious to me living in this year now that He did go away. Because He sent the Holy Spirit to reside in me and, and when I see, when, I, when I'm revealed the Holy Spirit in me, He don't speak of Himself. He speaks of Christ. We're going to see that, Lord willing. And then John in 17 calls Him the Spirit of Truth. He tells us His character. Well, Jesus said earlier in this chapter in 14.6, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So Lord, if you're my, my way and you're my truth and you're my life and the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, He must be testifying of the same truth. He's the Spirit of truth. That is His character. He's not the Spirit of error. We'll see that later. He's the Spirit of truth. It's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one truth. That seems foreign to us today because we have so many standing up saying this is the truth in many denominations and many walks of life and many things we see and hear. But the Holy Spirit, as Lord willing, will see this morning as He reveals it to us. This is what He reveals. He is the Spirit of truth. 
He is that He is that comforter. He is that other comforter. What does He comfort? What do you need comfort for? Do you have fears? Do you have anxiety? It's hard to get through a day without anxiety. Especially as you're growing older and things in your body start breaking down and you turn on the TV and you see what's going on in the world or you flip on the internet and the the headlines come up and there's a lot of anxiety. Or you have children. (laughs) Children start to speak to you about what's going on in their life. More anxiety. Because you know what they're facing in their age. It's a little different than what you faced in your age. Which was a little different than what your parents faced in their age. Anxiety. But the Lord hasn't changed. The Gospel hasn't changed. The gift hasn't changed. It's the same Holy Spirit to testify of our children and their children and their children if they be in Christ. It's not a new Gospel. It's the same Gospel that's been revealed to the people of God throughout all the ages. He is the Spirit of truth. And as we've said already, it's not given to the world. They can't see Him. They can't comprehend Him. They can't rest. They can't have peace. You know how hard it is to try to talk to someone that you don't, that hadn't been revealed to you that they have Christ to rest in? And you're talking to them about trying to comfort them with what's going on in their life. That's a hard thing. It is. It, I admit it to you. It's a hard thing. All I can tell them is Christ is the one who comforts. Christ is the one who comforts His children. I can't give them carnal things comforted with. I'm not comforted by them. That'd be hypocrisy. The world cannot receive him because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. There's not a knowledge there because there's not a union there. But you know him. Ye, you eleven, all of my people from here throughout eternity, all of them will know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He is in us. So as I said today, we will spend the bulk of our time now going through the rest of this passage to speak where Jesus said the Spirit, the Comforter, would come. What did He say the Holy Spirit would do? And may the Holy Spirit today testify to you that He's done that to you or for you. So we don't go far, we just go over to verse 26 where Jesus speaks of him again. He says, but the Comforter. Yeah, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. There's the the Blessed Trinity again, working perfectly together. He shall teach you all things. Well, we've we've read that in a couple places today, but these are the words of Christ. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Now, let's, let's look at this last line. Because we're not talking about, you know, we need to remember where we put something last week. 
No, what he brings to remembrance is whatsoever I have said unto you. Remember last week when we spoke about hope and we spoke about Jeremiah and Jeremiah was in that doldrum. I mean, his soul was depressed and it was pressed down in him and, 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 and he was just in the gall of bitterness, he said. And then out of nowhere, he said, well, this I recall to my mind. How did he get there? Jesus tells us how he got there. That's what we already heard. That Spirit of Christ is in the prophets. That Spirit of Christ will speak of the hope of glory that is Christ to Jeremiah. That Spirit of Christ will speak to that one who's in the field where the, where the pigs were. When he went out and he lived sumptuously in the world with all that he took from the Father. And then he ran out. And the world would treat him just like the world will always do if you run out of its riches and you don't fit in with them anymore. Go feed my pigs. And as he's down there and he's brought to the end of himself, this I recall. Whoa, my father has bread. And we're all astounded at that. We said, well, what Jesus just told us how that happens. He'll bring all things to your remembrance. All things what? That I've said. That Jesus has said. I am the bread of life. Oh, my Father has bread. I'll be welcomed of my Father. My Father says, come back to me. And I'm, I'm on my way back. That's the, I'll draw all men unto me. All that the Father has given him. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And he will bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. In John 6, 63, Jesus said these words. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You hear that? See how that works together? Jesus said the words I speak to you are spirit and life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the Holy Spirit comes, is sent. He dwells within the people of God as they are born again. And what happens? He speaks to us whatsoever Christ has said. You hear that? Christ is singular, not man. Not theologians, not doctors, not physicians out in the world who can just tell you what's wrong with your leg. They can't speak to your soul. They can't tell you what's wrong with your soul. But the Holy Spirit does. We're going to see that here in a few minutes. He does. He's faithful to do it. He's faithful in this office. He will bring all things to your remembrance. In 1 John 2.20, John writes, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. All things that Christ has said 
That's how the Holy Spirit reveals to us what Christ has said. Now, does this mean in this life we're going to know all things? Absolutely not. It's impossible to know all things about the glory of heaven and the glory of the Father and the glory of the Son because we have a sin nature. But we have an unction from the Holy One. That unction is the Holy Spirit. And that's how we know what we know. That's what that means. That's how we know what we know. Because John uses that a lot. And you know. How do you know it? How do you know what Christ said? How do you know what Jesus meant? The Holy Spirit. He shall lead you into all truth. And what it, what we heard here, He'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So now we flip the page one. Let's go over to John 15. 26. Same 26. John 15 we know to be where Jesus speaks those blessed gospel truth that He is the vine and we are the branches. He tells the children of God that, that I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You know what those are? That's a gospel truth. Do we live that way? Do we walk out there that way? Like without Christ we can do nothing? Only if the Holy Spirit tells us. Only if He convinces us. Verse 26 says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. His name again, the Spirit of truth. That's what He testifies of. The Spirit of truth. What which proceedeth from the Father. He shall testify of me. He shall testify of me. So what we have so far is he'll bring everything to our remembrance, what Jesus said unto us. Where did Jesus say what he did? In the Scriptures. In the blessed Word of God. Jesus said in John 5, 39, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. There's that word, testify. The scriptures speak about what Christ has done, what Christ will do, what Christ has accomplished, what Christ has done, and it is finished. That's what he is to us. That's what life is. That's what life is. For the children of God, that's what we're drawn to in one another. When we speak of what Christ has done, you know why? Because that's when the Holy Spirit is present. When He speaks about what Christ, He, he takes what Christ is, a, He testifies of Christ. When the Comforter has come, who will send you unto, the fa- unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of Me. He sent to testify of Christ. The Father said, I put all things in the hands of my Son. Hear ye Him. He speaks to us in these last days. My Son will speak to you. Who's going to tell us? Are we going to be able to pick up this Word without the Holy Spirit and figure it out? I know there are people who say that. 
I know that that's taught all over. You don't need the Holy Spirit. You can figure it out any way you want. We can look at the words and the... the... No, you can't. They're inspired words. The Holy Spirit wrote them. And if the Holy Spirit wrote them, only the Holy Spirit can interpret them. He's the Spirit of truth. When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. That's not all. We just go right up to number 7 here in, in chapter 16, verse 7, to find our next mention of what the Holy Spirit, what he will do. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is profitable it is expedient. That was a hard one for them. I told you, they, they loved Jesus. They followed Him wherever He went. They didn't want Him to leave. They argued with Him about it. Jesus says something to them. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient. It is necessary. It is of the utmost importance for you that I go away. Praise be to God that He did. To complete redemption's plan. To be reigning on high. To be our intercessor. To be the king. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, the one He's already been telling them about, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now once again, Jesus is speaking to his people. And he says to them, when I go away, it's going to be profitable for you if I go away. Let me tell you why. The Holy Spirit, the third person, is going to come. And what he's going to teach you is this. When he has come, verse 8, he will reprove, convict the world of sin. That is clearly not the world. That is the John 3.16 world. The world within the world. He will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Three things the child of God needs to know. His soul needs to know it every day. He needs to know that he is a sinner saved by grace. He needs to be convinced that he's a sinner because if he's not, he's going to walk in this world with his head up high and following the ways of this world and telling everybody how pious he is and how great he is and how entitled he is. The Holy Spirit convinces the child of God of sin. Thou art the man. But he doesn't leave us there. He convinces us that one has died for that sin. One has covered that sin. And that brings us to righteousness. But before we go there, 9 says, of sin because they believe not on me. That's unbelief. You can walk in the way and the light of your own mind and you can walk that way for years in your own understanding. You can walk that way and, and if the Holy Spirit doesn't speak to you and say, that's unbelief, that's not right, you're going to be left there. Because that is the preciousness of this triune God that He sent the Spirit to convince 
the child of God, he's walking the wrong way. And listen, there's some, there's some, there's some scary things written in the Scriptures. I'll tell you right now, it's a scary thing where Solomon was left. Had all the idols come in. Had all these women that he joined himself with. And they all brought their idols. And we're not ever told he was delivered. We are told he's a child of God. Jonah, does it do you well to be angry? Does it do you well to be angry for the gourd? Yes, God, it does. That's how we're left. We're not left that he was convinced of that sin. Now, I believe he was. I hope there was deliverance for both of them. But I do know one thing, there was forgiveness. There was forgiveness because of the people of God. Their sins have been taken away. He convinces us of that. He convinces us that that sin has been nailed to the tree. That one has stood in our place and he has died for that sin. And that his blood that we sang about this morning, it's nothing but his blood that could cover that sin and take the mark of it and the stain of it, the power of it away. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Does that mean that we can get through this life without knowing the righteousness of Christ? No. The Holy Spirit comes to convince us that Christ in His perfect obedience is now sitting on the right hand of the Father. And that robe of righteousness that He has to put upon His children is His righteousness. And it's woven out of Christ's work, His perfect, obedient work. Because we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. We must be convinced of Christ's righteousness. Why do you think that's so important? Because we're going to go around and spin a robe of our own. We're going to go around and tell everybody how righteous we are. This is what I've done. This is what my merits are. No, the Holy Spirit in the child of God's life, convinces the child of God he is nothing without his Lord's righteousness. It's his Lord's righteousness. He's worthy, not me. He is. Great things he has done. And of judgment. Because the prince of this world is judged. And that's so important. You and I need to know that. Because that enemy's still active, isn't he? But when Jesus laid down his life, and when he rose again, and when he ascended up on high, guess what? The devil's power and that principality were defeated. You say, but he's still active, but he can't win. He can't win. He can tempt. He can wreak havoc in the, in the, in the air that he's in, but he can't win. He can't take the soul. He can't be victorious because Christ is victorious. Who's going to tell you that? the Holy Spirit. He convinces the child of God of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. We need to know that. And what a life it would be if we did. Oh my gosh, we'd be sitting there with all these little shows we watch and there's a devil on one side and there's a there's a uh, an angel on the other and they're fighting and we don't know who's going to win. Oh, who's going to win that soul? Who's going to win that? Well, if they're a child of God, I'll tell you who's going to win. I don't have to tell you, but the Scriptures tell us He is victorious. And that is what the Holy Spirit teaches us. 
See, it was profitable for Jesus to go so that the Holy Spirit would come and teach us. Even in this day and age, we still need to know it. Because you know what's something about our fallen mind? I hate this about my fallen mind. I think you'll hate it about your fallen mind. The farther we get older and the farther we grow away from the time that Jesus came, guess what? Unbelief becomes stronger. We've been taught all of our life that the Lord will come. And when He doesn't, we sit there and we go, yeah, maybe He isn't. Maybe it isn't going to happen. And then we start, our mind starts to go to something else. That's the way we are. Without the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that speaks about what Christ has done, will do, shall do. And that's what we're told right here in 13, as we go to 13 and 14, which will be our last stop. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, called the Spirit of truth again, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself. Why is that important? we got churches all over America today that are Holy Spirit churches. Oh, the charismatic movement. Oh, it's all about the Spirit. No, it's all about the Spirit. He just told, He won't speak of Himself. He doesn't tell His children to glorify Him. He says, this is the Son of God. This is what He said. This is the one who has the preeminence. He will not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear of Christ, that shall He speak. He speaks of Christ. And He will show you things to come. Isn't that important? Isn't that important as you sit in that chair? Because there is a future. You have something coming in your life. Don't you want to know there's a sovereign God controlling that? That's what He does. But, dear ones, only concerning Christ, the Holy Spirit speaks to us what concerns Christ as yesterday, today, and forever. You hear that? That's a future Christ. Forever. That's the Christ that we'll have again one day in eternity. He's going to speak to, about it then. We're going to need to know then. We're going to know in heaven as we're known. We're, going to, we're not going to have that, that old nature on us anymore. We're going, to, we're going to be able to comprehend the glory of the Lord. The triune. And you know, when we start to think about the resurrection and we start to think about the Lord coming and we start to think about what is coming, start to have unbelief or we start to say I don't know we doubt or we get worried or we get fearful then we have a passage like that he will show you things to come we're not going to be in the dark we're not going to be left to ourselves to figure out what Jesus is doing or what he's done or what he's coming to do that's what the Holy Spirit teaches us and he will show you things to come he shall glorify me. See that in 14? He shall glorify me, for he will receive of mine and shall show it unto you. In 1 John 4, 6, we're told this. I want you to listen to this. We are of God, and he, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. 
Hereby know we the spirit of truth, that's what we've heard all day, and the spirit of error. Stephanie and I were talking about this this, this week. When I was younger, I got very worried about error. I treat it like a, 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 a rattlesnake. If I saw it, I got away from it. I didn't want to hear it. I'd stop up my eyes, my ears, or I'd read something, I'd throw it away. Now it's a little different. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit, when, I, when I'm hearing error, He speaks to me the truth of Christ. And He speaks to me the way in Christ. And He speaks to me the life in Christ. And so that error that's there doesn't harm the child of God. There's a term used in the Old Testament, iron sharpeneth iron. That's what the Scriptures do. They, they testify of each other and they testify of Christ. And that's what we've seen today. We keep getting this testimony of the Spirit of truth over and over again. Well, Jesus, what did you say He would do? What does He do for me? That's my question for you. Has He done that for you? Has He put you at rest in what He has done for you? He shall glorify me, for He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Does the Holy Spirit that you say leads your life the Holy Spirit that we all say, yes, He's part of my life, He leads me. Does He do what the Scriptures say He does? And if He doesn't, that's the spirit of error. It's simple as that. Doesn't matter what doctrine, what theology it is, if it does not lead to what Christ has done, what Christ will do, and what Christ shall do, and what Christ is to His people, it's not the Spirit of truth. May the Lord be pleased to reveal that to us today and to show us and reveal to us again our text one more time. In John 14, 16, and 17, I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Dear Heavenly Father, may you add thy power. May you add thy clarity. Lord, may you preserve thy truth for the glory of thee. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.